Hello, and welcome to the Black Dice Society. Rudolph Van Richten. The light of the beacon in Argenvolstholt illuminated all of Barovia. Word very quickly reaching you and your own adventures that something was happening in the dread domain, the stronghold of your arch enemy, Strahd von Zarevich. By the time you got there, however, it seemed like the trouble had been resolved. The gray, cold, crushing oppression of Barovia seemed to have been lifted. And as you crossed its boundaries freely, there were no mists, there were no wolves. You could see the sun hanging in the sky for the first time in any time that you could remember. You quickly made your way through Barovia, meeting the odd townsperson, and each of them told you the exact same unbelievable story. Strahd von Zarevich had been defeated in battle. He rode out with his entire host to Argenvostholt, and although it seemed like they were victorious, soon after something happened and a great earthquake had gone out through the land in the mists had parted and the sun had risen again. There were various stories of adventurers, not a small number of people claiming that you yourself had struck the countdown, Van Richten, of you being a local hero, of course. But now you are making your way back to Castle Ravenloft. It stands cold and imposing, stabbing at the skies it always did, but now it stands silent. What would you like to do? I've crossed this threshold before in my attempts to best the beast. So I stand there at the threshold, wondering if I want to step foot in, wondering if the rumors are true, wondering if the nightmare is indeed over. I steal myself. Sharp intake of breath, and I cross the threshold. The castle lady. As you do, your hand hovering over your sword cane, ready as ever, there's nothing. In the past, it was like the building itself groaned trying to eject you from this place where you were truly and fundamentally unwelcome. The howls of various beasts, the groans of tormented souls that could not escape its walls, all silent as you make your way inside the castle. Within me, I feel a jumble of emotions. And one that surprises me is tremendous sadness. For if indeed the beast had been bested, much of my life's work is now ill-defined, if you will. The haze of an unwritten future stands in front of me. But I must confirm the rumors. As you make your way carefully, cautiously, down into the depths, you see some signs of a hasty exit, which, if Strahd had 
ordered the full strength of his hosts north, the fact that so many would have gone pouring out quickly is probably accurate. Until you make your way down into the depths of the crypts to a false wall that your research had led you to conclude would be there. If Strahd is anywhere, his coffin is in the crypt on the other side of that wall. Of course, my mind races, wonders if it is indeed, indeed a trap, if all of this is an illusion. So I check, reach within the magic within myself to see if this is indeed something laid before me to entrap me, to best me. I stroke the walls, I feel the cold stone. I make my way towards the crypt. As you reach out with your senses, both mystical and mundane, there is no sign of your old enemy. And as you press on the wall, opening the secret passage, you do hear tiny footsteps echoing in the darkness. And a giggle that wafts ominously through the silence. I grip the hilt of my sword. I'm ready, but I don't show any external fear. Wee woo! Oh you! Whoa! Where did you come from, sir? Now, if I wasn't me, this might be a strange sight. But this is maybe the fifteenth strangest thing I've seen this week. Oh, it's, it's putting me down. Not like the that. strangest. Uh, I uh, I immediately can tell that that uh, I I don't feel any sense of impending danger from uh, this, and I say, puppet. Do you have a name? Oh, I do, sir. It is Piddlewick Two at your service. Assumption there was a Piddlewick one, yes. In Strahd's sarcophagus, which you've never laid eyes on yourself, it is raw, rough-hewn stone, as hard and as unostentatious as the man was himself. And there was, is, a pile of ashes, as you would come to expect. And in those ashes, there are footprints. And Piddlewick is very clearly covered in them. You've been standing on the ashes of my enemy. I, 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 take, uh, I take in my vest, I take out a, a small glass vial with a cork and I, and I scoop some of uh, the beast's ashes into um, the vial and I, and I put it amongst myself. And, and I also say a little prayer. And again, it's, it's having danced with, this, with the demon so many times. I do have a, a sense of sadness at this loss. You do? Uh, Speaking I of look dancing, at, that's what I've been doing on those ashes, dancing on them. He was a real jerk. So, Puppet. Uh, I have a name. Spillwick, too. We've been down this road. I'm still struck by your sight, and I keep reminding myself that well, that's what I'm speaking You and me both, Sarah. What, you I, don't see humans? Castle's been from, I don't know. I can't really tell time all that well, but I'm going to say two summers. 
Two summers. You've been in here two summers. Maybe two seasons. I don't even know what summer is. I've never been outside. So, Piddlewick 2 or the second, which do you prefer? Oh, the second sounds fancy. So None. please call me. Piddle- so Piddlewick the second. Oh, uh, you're fancy anyway. Pardon? Yay. You can call me Van Richten. No, not the Van Richten. I get that a lot. No, I. Come, dance with me on the ashes. My master hated you the most. And uh, well. Come on, I'll sing. Looks like I won. Now let you'll sing the song. I'll sing a song. I don't know what B like song any song. Is. I didn't know if there was Van Richten songs that he may have sung about me. There will be case. one if we dance. You and I. I didn't bring anyone else, so it's gonna have to be just the two of us. Piddlewick the second. Yes. You stand here covered in the ashes of my enemy. Yes, you clearly may have knowledge you rolled in them. Yes. You have a very specific fetish, puppet. Hey, whoa! Hey! Don't you shame uh, me! I'm not, I'm not shaming you! I'm not shaming you! I'm saying very specific. Rolling in vampire's ashes is a very specific thing. Nobody said thing. anything about that being anything. I'm not saying I haven't done it myself. Oh, uh, let's talk then. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> it's not bad. Piddlewick the second. It's clearly at the what? forefront of your mind. I, I'm reading. Anyway, the... moving on. What brings you here? I am the mortal enemy of the beast that lay dead. It is obvious okay. the reasons why I would have interest in what transpired in this room. Do you have any knowledge of it? Oh, I have all the knowledge of it. I watched the whole thing from up there in my bear watch perch. A what? Watch perch? Bear. I watch for bears up there. I'm always on it, bear duty. Oh. Question: Is that a is that a, something that was a necessity in in the castle? I don't know. To watch but out I, for I, bears. I am clearly have been very good at my job because I have never in my life seen a bear. So well, I have successfully kept them out of Castle Ravenloft. You're welcome. Right. So watching welcome them somehow keeps them away. An army of bears. I take credit. I believe we've strayed from the subject at hand, Piddlewick. I'm good at that. I will keep you on subject. Please do, or everyone is going to be angry at me again. The ashes of the beast. Thank you to the people that did away with me. Who are you talking to? Oh, I'm sorry. It's just me here. I'm just talking to It's just me here. There's a tremendous amount of empty in this castle, and it's just you and me. Well, it's just been me. For quite some time. And so I see you're sort of, this is why you're such a chatterbox. I get it. You have so much to say and had nobody to say it with and no bears to watch. So tell me, please. Merry murder stick is also a shush stick. I'll shush. That's a merry murder stick. Yes, it's my magical merry murder stick. I'm making a note to get back to that. Uh, would you like Piddlewick. to see where Piddlewick one died? What I would like. There's just over there. It's almost as if someone pushed him, but maybe they didn't. Shh. The sure stick. How about I hold the stick while I'm while while one of us is talking? Here you go. Okay. So I'm holding the talking stick. Yes. 
what transpired in this room that resulted in the death of my enemy? Can oh, I give the stick back to you? He, he died. That, that's apparent. Uh, transpired. How did he die? Who took the life of the beast? You have the stick. Yes, he was a transpire, but we didn't really talk about it much, but no judgment here. Who killed Strahd? Uh, a group. This is getting us nowhere. Well, I'm going to make my way out of here. I guess I'm just going to leave. Oh, you have something to suddenly... Oh, would you like the stick? Okay, I will take you to the group if you get me out of this castle. I've never been outside. I want to go on an adventure. I want to you be still, your new sidekick. You can take me to the people that took the life of this beast, yes? If you make me your new sidekick. Like, we will go I, on I, I'm going to warn together. you. I have... I've unfortunately gone through many sidekicks. It's a it's a very hazardous okay. profession. If, many if I'm honest with you, all right. Um, and 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 I, uh, I I I pat my shoulder and uh, and invite him uh, up to 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 ride me, sort of rocket and groupish. Oh. Although uh, Piddlewick may seem small. Here, he's actually about the size of a child. You could carry him, Van Richten, but he's not little. And I'm not, You're not little. No, so I, I learned that lesson very quickly. As he scrambles <laughs> up my body, <laughs> I'm sort of crumbling a bit, and I, I rethink the offer. Find quickly. me, Daddy. Let's go, Papa. Can oh, I call and I put, him, oh. I put him back down on the ground. I, I, Can I, I still I, call I, you, Papa? I, I, Von Richten will do. Can I call you Very Puppet? Papa Von Richten, let us go! And Van Richten, as Piddlewick too, makes his way out of Strahd's crypt with disturbing haste. Is there anything else you do before you leave this place? I touch my fingers to my mouth, and then I touch my fingers to the crypt. And then I, uh, I actually wipe a, a tear away and turn and chase the puppet. And hello and welcome to the Black Dice Society. This is season two, episode 14, The Brightest Day. Uh, as always, Black Dice Society is a horror show. As such, there may be content that you aren't accustomed to uh, encountering in other D&D streams. As always, I'm aware of the cast lines and veils. We have a set of safety tools in place. If somebody's uncomfortable, they can let me know. So if a scene should stop abruptly, it might be because someone is uncomfortable. Uh, as always, take care of yourself. You know, comfort and consent are the most important things. Before I give you the names of our wonderful sponsors, let us introduce uh, everyone who is here, uh, beginning with our very special guest, the professor himself, Rudolph Van Richten. Who are Whoa. you, sir? How might people know you? Uh, my name is Todd Stashwick. I am an actor, a writer, a dungeon master, gamer, um, 
You may have uh, seen me on a, a, a show on Hulu called 12 Monkeys or on the Disney Channel and the live action Kim Possible as Dr. Draken or as Dracula in the black and white episode of Supernatural. Those are just a few of the things uh, that I've done. I also write uh, video games and such. I have a game coming out in October that I co-wrote called Forspoken, and I'm currently working with Skydance New Media on a Marvel video game. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Todd Stashman or Insta at T Stashman. A really great oh, book about tiki drinks uh, yes. too. That's uh, and I and I have and a, a Dungeons and Dragons inspired more, more, more this way. You're kind of cropped. I, I don't want you to cover your moneymaker, but there you go. Yes, Mystic Libations. A Dungeons and Dragons inspired uh, tiki cocktail book called Mystic Libations uh, at thenerdcircus.com. I can verify it's great. Also, as we established yes, earlier, maybe you're on a number of posters hanging on the walls of my room. Like whatever. Uh, I am the Sean also, Cassidy of your life. Also, returning <laughs> champion, Mister Lucky Yates. Yeah! Hello. Hello. Of Archer and anywhere else uh, that, that you would want to plug that people might see or find you. Uh, uh, there's a I write a comic book uh, with Eric Powell of the Goon and Hillbilly fame. Uh, yeah, he and I are doing uh, uh, it's called Lester of the Lesser Gods. It's a fantasy comic uh, comedy uh, set in the apocalypse uh, about a. Uh, uh, a 36-year-old LARPer uh, that discovers he's actually uh, the son of Odin in the apocalypse. And uh, it's it's a lot of funny. I don't know, is it funny, Mark? It's, it's very funny. Mark's read them. So, so, so check what you, out so Albatross Exploding Funny Books. They hit stands this month, I believe. So what you're saying is it's autobiographical. That's what you're telling me? Whoa. Man, I wish. <laughs> I'm living vicariously through Lester, yes. About to say, you're not not the son of Odin. We haven't checked. I'm just saying. Uh, no. Now, whatever the whatever the Lithuanian uh, under God is, that's me. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mark Mir. Hello, uh, I'm Mark Mir. I use he him pronouns, as does my character, Firan Zalhonen, the Archmage, also known as Uncle Sus. <laughs> I can't him that. Oh. Uh, Tanya to pass. How do I follow that? Uh, I'm Fen, your your blood your blood hunter with a bit of warlock. Both Fen's pronouns and mine are she her. And she's a drow. I keep forgetting that, but yeah, she is a drow. In a half vampire, the other half is drow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Nora. Hello, everyone. I'm Nora Ibrahim. You could find me everywhere online at Norological. My pronouns are she, her, as is my character, Nahara, who is a reborn fallen Azamar undead warlock with a few levels of College of the Spirit Bard, here for all of your spooky foreshadowing. And Sage. Hello, I am Sage Ryan. I go by Not Sage or Pixel Circus everywhere on the internet. And uh, tonight I am playing Valentine. Valentine is a reborn aberrant mind sorcerer and a very polite and well-mannered woman. We both use she, her pronouns. Unequivocally the sweetest being. Like, we checked, you know? I'm known to be. <laughs> uh, DJ? Oh, hi, I'm DJ Knight. Uh, you can find me on the internet as DJ Knight pretty much everywhere. Uh, I play Desmond, a human ranger lycanthrope. We're here to have some fun. Thanks for hanging out with us. And Becca. Muted, muted. I'm muted. Dramatic pause. She's always worth it. 
<laughs> Very light shine. Is this but super light quiet? Hello, hello. Oh, there ah! it is. Oh, we just had to wiggle things. I mean, I was wondering. I tried to say down. something snarky about uh, that Todd wasn't doing very much. <laughs> anyway, uh, hi, I'm Becca Scott. You can find me on my Twitch channel, The Becca Scott, or on my YouTube channel, Good Time Society. And uh, I, I do lots of board game things. But here I am, Tatiana Asteria. I am an Ergenazi and a barbarian and a druid. I do all the things. Also, yeah, no, that's it. Uh, you no, all, and all. Hey, are you feeling better? By the way, you you uh you you well, were you were laid low last week. Are you good? We uh streamed today and um feeling much better. I had the COVIDs, everyone. It is sucks. It is sucks a lot, and <laughs> I still feel icky. But I've passed my ten day quarantine, so Woo. I guess I can exist in the world again. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, something's going wrong there. Yep. <laughs> uh, you're kind of kind of coming in and out. Uh. Perfect. Normally, uh, we just kind of jump in and I don't even say anything about me, but uh, I am non-ironically TV's B. Dave Walters. Uh, this time got two things. Uh, one, I just this yesterday began my run, uh, Dungeon Mastering on Legends of the Multiverse on D&D, Twitch, and YouTube. So check that out Wednesdays at 5 Pacific. Uh, you can catch the VOD. Brennan ran the first four episodes and then I'm running 12. Uh, and then something else is going to happen. So there you go. Check that out. Also, can finally announce running DD for the cast of Stranger Things next Thursday hey. morning, 9 a.m. And it's going to be all over the interwebs on Netflix, Geeked, Twitch, and YouTube, and TikTok, and Instagram, and I don't know. It's going to be everywhere, but check it out. It was kind of bananas. Um, we took the long way around, so I'm just going to say real quick thank you to Die Hard Dice, thank you to Secret Lab Chairs, thank you to Idle Champions. I realize the code has not popped up in chat yet. I hope it's going to before we're done. Thank you to Warriors of Waterdeep. As always, we have our Public store. You can get our swag. Uh, you can put X-Clam BDS art in chat to get our wonderful print and so on and so forth. And with all of that being said, on with our story. In the ice and snow of Lamordia. You all come to in a clearing where mere moments ago the carnival stood. But Witch and his partner Light, apparently the new once and future owners and leaders of the carnival, thrust Nepenthe into the ground and a shockwave erupted, violently ejecting all of you. The ground is rocky, covered with just enough ice and snow to be miserable. It coats your clothing. Those strange creatures of 
birds with mismatched parts and squirrels covered in stitches still climb around the trees and look overhead as you all collect yourselves still beaten and bloody from the conflict that you just endured with Nepenthe. The one shining light in all of this being, apparently you succeeded. Apparently Isolde, Ermos, Ildi, and the friends that you'd made in the car carnival were safely delivered into the Feywild in what was the Witchlight Carnival, but I suppose is no longer. And yet, for all intents and purposes, they are now, and perhaps forever, beyond your reach. What would you all like to do? Question. Was Uriah's coffin ejected with us? Yes, it is still there and intact. We have the coffin. Oh, thank goodness. That was a rather if... unceremonious ejection, I must say. What happened to Hildy? Time. The simple passage of time. But do you think she's okay? Will we get to see her? I would think that she's a good deal safer in the Feywild than she would be in any domain in these lands. Uh, the Feywild doesn't have a particularly excellent reputation for dealing with children, but... <laughs> Hardly a child anymore. Fortunately, she's a bit older now. Wait, but if we did succeed then we'll never know if they're all right. Does this not pain you all? Well, we, we can go to the Feywild sometime. There's no reason we couldn't go there and see her. All right. I happen to- Some benevolent to. force made me think that was not the case. I like stare a little bit of daggers at Ferran and just go, I happen to have requested passage to the Feywilds. That could come in our favor. You have to understand that shifting planes from here is no easy matter. The fact that I was able to use Isolde as an anchor to take us directly to the Witchlight Carnival. I'm not sure I could replicate that easily. Sure, I didn't say it would be easy. I said it had to be done. Potentially. Uh, I might have one of those anchors that I should probably tell you all about. Hmm? What? I pull the wooden disc out of my clothing. Uh, that you were given? Given by oh. Corridor, my former paramour. It was not a wooden disc. It was actually a black rose, like a bud of a flower. Oh. Uh, it and you produce it, there is no signs of wilting or anything. It is just a pristine midnight black rose. Ah. Something tells me that if you used that as a mistoken, you would not find yourself in the Feywild. No, not so much. Um, well, if have you heard of a place called Sithicus? Yes. Cool. So just FYI, we've got a ticket. Nahara, but you were saying I'll... something? Yeah, sorry. Yes, if, as a Mistwalker, wouldn't those tokens only work within the realms of Ravenloft? 
Yes, Nahar, this is something that, that you would understand. The way you do what you do and the way Ferran does what he does are quite different, um, but not so dissimilar. It is almost like finding uh, uh, the right key to the right lock. You have an innate sense of how to traverse the mist. You're absolutely correct. He apparently is capable of transcending the planes themselves, but still needs an anchor of some sort. So you're able to do that in any plane? As I say, traversing the planes, especially from this place of imprisonment and torment, is no easy matter. Okay, Uncle Sus. I fulfilled my debt to Fen and kept my promise. It did cost me, however. Well, is there anything we can do to help? Is there anything else that we can do? There is still something I must do for all of you. He gestures at the coffin. Desmond, what are you doing while this exchange is happening? Uh, the second he says, uh, I've kept up my end of the bargain to Finn. Desmond just starts walking toward Finn and puts a hand on her shoulder and just, how are you? I would point out, as you say this, both Desmond and Finn are still grievously injured. Um, Desmond himself was very nearly thrust into the afterlife in the battle as Nepenthe made a point of hurting you in particular expressly to hurt Fen. Fen actually turns to Desmond in his embrace and just bursts into tears. He just kind of like pulls her in and just, I, I want to say I understand and I know I can't truly, but I understand. Yeah, you basically have your arms full of, of a very grieving tearful drow right now yeah and bloodied up desmond's fine just want to I mean, make sure she, Finn's good i mean she's yeah. not great but that that's where she is right now this she hit her limit we've established all of you have lost things but desmond you probably more than anyone else know exactly how she feels to have the person you love somewhere out of reach. And that's why Desmond doesn't say anything. He doesn't add anything else to the conversation. He's just got his arm around her just as a way of letting her know that he's there. If she decides that she wants to talk. Valentine. You hear Tregram perk up slightly. Um, Valentine, sorry to interrupt, as always. Yes. Strangers are approaching. I don't recognize them. A large one and a small one. Coming from what direction? You just get a sense of to your left, Valentine. Uh, I'll take a look. Are they in sight? Dr. Van Richten, Professor Van Richten. When you travel, do you attempt to travel silently or do you make your way confidently through the woods of Lamordia? I think uh, the reality is uh, any sound I might be trying to hide will be eclipsed by the clinkety clank. 
of the construct puppet to my immediate right. Uh, Piddlewick, I, 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 knowing you pride yourself on both your subtlety and your stealth, uh, as you are making your way through these frozen woods, how is Piddlewick traveling? <laughs> oh, I have, I've got my shush stick up. <laughs> this way, Papa. This way, Papa. Valentine, although Tregrum hears it before you, once your attention is called to it, you can't help but hear shh, echoing <laughs> through the distinct woods. little bells. Apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will just kind of put up like an alert hand to the group to let everyone know uh, that someone is approaching, and I'll kind of step to the edge of uh, kind of the clearing where we are, and if I can make a telepathic bond with anything coming towards us i'd like to professor van richten uh your mind is of course a fortress in your line of work and those that would constantly try and impede on your will but you are aware that for lack of a better word someone is knocking on the door of your mind it is not a hostile incursion but it is an attempted connection i allow it in Valentine, whoever you, you are, are aware. Whoever you are, I recommend that you approach very slowly. My child, if I wanted to harm any of you, you would have already been involved. <laughs> Many have thought that. All right, come on out. I wasn't hidden. What are you talking to, Papa? That was weird. Nahara, you hear that voice that you instantly recognize. Piddlewick? Machine. Piddlewick! And I run towards, I run towards. (laughs) Piddlewick, what are you doing here? Lady, what are you doing here? We're following you. How are you able to get out? How are you able to get out? Oh, I'm with my new papa. Papa Von Richten. The rest, the rest of you see a childlike construct, clearly a puppet, come barreling out of the woods and embrace Nahara, and she apparently recognizes it too. A few feet behind him, you see a respectable looking man with glasses and salt and pepper hair wearing a long leather duster. I would say Uriah talked about him enough and you at least saw Uriah's artwork. That's Rudolph Van Richten. Did you say Fiddlewick? Did you say Van Richten? Yes, he's my new father. We're going to go on adventures. I'm going to be his ward. I don't. Much of that is a fabrication. Uh, I'm a fabrication. This is really coming up, Fiddlewick. We'll come together. Sir. Van Richten. Brother Uriah, you got so old! Um, what happened? Not Brother Uriah. Did, did somebody hit you with an oh. wand? Uh, Piddlewick. Ben Rick. Did, hmm. Nahara, you know. Piddlewick. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, long story short, my first life was that of Tatiana's. That. Uh, well, you know the story of Strahd and all of that. I see, and you... And that's how I remember Piddlewick, and I'd seen him recently, but in a, in a vision. Hey, how much how I, much time has passed? I really... Here's the deal. I'm a clockwork man. 
but I can't tell time. <laughs> but here's the I thing, really, Piddlewick. I we seem to be I jumping around in different times, and I don't know what time we're in right now. Wait, 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 Piddlewick. What how is happening? Uh, how how you're what? little clock creature that doesn't know how to read his own clock time. Well, but she can turn into a bear. But uh, pardon, how do you know that? that? Don't murder uh, bears. I can explain. Friends. Somebody's going explain. to have to explain. Yes. I shall do so. Yes, Piddlewick. As I explained, remember, our contract was that you do not harm my friends. Of course. We had an we agreement. Don't, we don't I murder friends. Exactly. You are my friends. That's Finn. And there's Desmond. He's a wolf guy. He can become a wolf. A wolf and a bear. And, oh, I do not recognize you. Yes, know. Piddlewick, you do immediately know Nahara, Finn, Tatiana, and Desmond. You have never laid eyes on Valentine. Ah. So, pardon, are we all friends with the puppet? What's up? No. Well, I wish I knew. Yeah, mm, we no. had met. What is a Piddlewick? Mm, excuse me. <laughs> we had, uh, if I could explain, we had met in a sort of vision, an experience. I don't know what else to call it, but I seem to have remembered and I, I've spoken to it with Brother Uriah, but. It seems as though once it was over that nobody else did. And, and while things got a little complicated, I didn't have really time to explain all of it to everyone. I apologize, but. Well, I could, perhaps I can explain better. We are all best friends. No. And no. we have formed a best friend group. And sure. you, uh, in the glasses, uh, I recognize you from the fan art. Our friend here and I point to the coffin is going to be terribly, terribly peeved that he just missed you. Why are you here? Who, who lies in the coffin? That would be my love. Your biggest fan. He was... My nephew. He was... That provided no context to this man. Very, very fond of you and... Brother Uriah Macabre. He was not very fond of me though. I reach into my coat and I, I pull out a letter a drawing and I turn it around to show them all. <gasps> yes. You got it. Yes, you've received his letters. He'd be so happy. I I, I walk over to Fran and I, yeah, that's the one. That's the <laughs> one. Hold uh, it come, in front come, of your face. Little, like basically right in front of your face. It'll be, that's it. That's the picture. It is Uriah and Van Richten having beaten Strahd together is the picture. Art and audio, Paula. Shout out to Paula. Yes. Was, um, was, was this, I recognize you, sir, Fran. Last I, time I saw you, we were cutting our way out of the horror of Hoban. Well, my services are always my skills you are always stains out of your tunic. Now, this gentleman that lies dead here—he was instrumental in the besting of the beast. Yes. Van Richten, do you open the casket, or does anyone open it for him? Might I inspect? Yes, sir. Yeah, if this one that on gave this. his life up to take Strahd out, yes. I would like to lay eyes upon him. Can... Van Richten. This feels weird. Does this feel weird to anyone else? I don't when... do it. I'm glad we'll pick up. And I, I, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Van Richten, when you open 
the coffin, inside you see a body that looks like it's sleeping. You're familiar with the mystical ability of calm repose that both prevents decay and also prevents rising from undeath. You see a face that is identical to Ferran's, just a few years younger. Uh, he is wearing a chainmail shirt. There's a tricorn hat laid across his chest and a symbol of Ezra prominently displayed on his chest. I, I look to Ferran, asking the question without asking it aloud, understanding that there's clearly some something strange about this uh the faces matching because i i knew Ferran when he looked like that um I, I i remark on the fact that 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 he is in calm repose and i ask what what do you plan on doing with this he looks even sweeter than i remembered yes sir Please excuse, excuse the good berry juice that's all over his face. That's um, an unrelated incident, but... It can stain for a while. Can. Um, it kind of makes it look like he was like eating brains or something. <sighs> so cute. To answer your question, I have promised this group that I will do my best to return my nephew to them. You're familiar with the device known only as the apparatus. You think this is a wise choice? It's, it's what he wanted. We asked him. What's more, Uriah's return may be necessary to stave off the greater calamity. Now then, I just want to be clear. Piddlewick knows all of you, but none of you except Nahara recall him. Right. Yes, I, of course, remember him from, well, a certain wizard king's time at Castle Ravenloft. Good old wizard king, we called him. I'm not sure why no one else remembered what happened, but that is why Piddlewick recognizes everyone. And now... Piddlewick has brought you to us, Van Richten. Well, I asked him to. You've, you all seem to achieve something that many have tried and failed, lost their lives at. Yes. Brought down the beast. Oh. I myself have come close to the grave trying to best the beast myself. How? It is I need to look into the eyes your thanks to of the people. All of us. And what? do you see... Go ahead. Oh, I was asking what? Oh, it is this lady, Nahara. She is the one who brought him now. As I what unsheath with this blade. Van Richten, she holds up an elaborate cross guard with the sigils of House von Zarovich carved across its hilt, but it has no blade. It once blade belonged. Please. It once belonged to my love, who I was to wed, Sergei von Zarovich. How is that possible? 
I have lived many lives, sir. And while I don't remember much of them, my first life has become clear to me, and it is the reason why I had met all of my friends here. On my journey to try and remember my former lives, I had come to learn that my first one was of Tatiana, who Strad had become obsessed with. In my journal, I open it up and I, there is a, a, a drawing of, I knew you looked familiar, and it is a drawing of Tatiana in part of my research on Strad. Rashi. Well, that would make sense, though. But you would be the one to bring him down. Nahara, give me a perception check with advantage. That is a 22. Nahara, there's a spirit nearby. You're just aware of its presence. Can I use my... Uh, crystal ball to scry and see who you it is. absolutely can. As you lift up the crystal ball and look, about six feet behind Van Richten, you see the spectral outline of a young man. Looks just like him. He's looking at Van Richten and he seems kind of sad. And he looks at you, Nahara, and when he becomes aware of the fact that you can see him, Everybody but Van Richten sees him. There's a young man standing behind him. Even you see him, Piddlewick, but when he sees all of you, he says, Could I use message to speak to him? What would you like to say to him? Who are you? You love this man. You bear a resemblance. You're his child. Does he know that you're there? Do I? Oh. I'll just message. He's lost. Sorry, I was just going to message to Nahara really quick because we can all see this, right? You all see this. You do not hear this exchange because she's messaging him, but yeah. you see all the things the ghost right. is miming. You see all that. Yes. So I'm going to message to Nahara and just go, should we open? I mean, I can form a telepathic bond between all of us. Maybe he'd be able to speak to Van Richten then. I don't think he wants to be seen, if that makes any sense. At least not by him. It's something I just feel as though do, it's... Do very... I detect all of them looking? I would say you're sharp enough, Van Richten, although you do not know what they see and you cannot see it. No. But you're but aware I, I that everybody's acting at strangely. Yeah. Looking. It's nothing there. What? Please. Please. What is it? Please tell me what you see. And as I message back Valentine, 
I, whatever it is, he's begging us to not say anything. I feel like I should receive that. Holds his hands up in the air, and all of you see a spectral word appear. Everybody but Van Richten sees the words Erasmus Van Richten floats in the air. I'm going to turn to uh, Professor Van Richten. I'm just going to go, sorry, you probably wouldn't believe it, but a small spectral cat tends to follow me around. And um, every once in a while, he decides to make his presence known, and apparently he didn't trust you. I'd like to uh, inside check for bullshittery. I would like to contest that with bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is Valentine's mutant ability. Yes. So that would be uh, because I'm going off that other stat sheet. I have a 27 for deception. That is that is true, actually. Uh, Thank you, Finn, for pointing this out to me. You all have seen Erasmus once before when you went to Morden trying to get Voronika back. You've seen this face before, although you did not know he was Van Richten's son. Uh, I apologize. What was that on the deception and on the insight? 27. She got a 27. There's no way I'm beating that. (laughs) Lying is a girl's best friend. (laughs) She's very convincing, Van Richten. Yes, but uh, I am looking at the faces of all of them. <laughs> and uh Odin goes, Yes, yes, a spectral <laughs> cat. Yes, spectral cat. A cat or you know, sometimes I can no papa. <laughs> you know, Ferran, sometimes I can tell you're related to Brother Uriah. Sometimes just, more than others. He just said uh you just a cat said that looks just like looks you, just Papa, like yeah. You. And Erasmus is like, can I stab? Oh, he's putting up a tricky stick. (laughs) Okay, we won't tell Papa that you look. (laughs) (laughs) You see Erasmus when when Piddlewick finally calms down like literally like looks both ways like he's very awkward and like goes to step behind a tree and vanishes well i saved us again (laughs) i really want to stab Piddlewick in the face so he i I clearly know that they're hiding something from me and i'm clearly in a deep state of distrust now because i saw the look on uh, all of their faces as as things went down behind me and uh, I am deeply suspect. Uh, thank you, Uncle Sus. <laughs> I got the second Mr. uncle here. Mr. Van Richten, if I may ask. That's Professor, please. Professor go Van Richten. called Mr. My apologies, Pedelwick. And You're welcome, Papa. To Professor Van Richten. I have suffered a lot of loss in my lives. What is it that you suffer from? Van Richten, you truly don't know. I know I have a hole in my soul. I do not know why. 
I also understand that feeling as I have been brought on this, into this life as I know it, with that same sense of emptiness and not, not knowing what it was from. I will say that sometimes you want to know so badly but it always comes with a cost. I have paid many prices. Far too many. And I see that you have as well. You all look battered and bruised. Might I provide some semblance of assistance here? I, I can heal. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. So he looks at the worst of them and he, he asks permission to cure wounds. That would probably be Desmond, I believe, is the most injured. <laughs> and Finn. That's uh, true. Finn was pretty and You guys badly. are standing near each other, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to cure wounds mm -hmm. on, on, I, I ask if it, if, Again, they just met me and I'm reaching out, uh, asking for uh, permission to, to heal them, if yes. they would trust me. So yes. I, 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 do, uh, I do a cure wounds on, on both of them. Excellent. Um, Desmond, give me survival with advantage. Twenty-four. It's cold out here, but this is probably a safe place to camp. I mean, the carnival was here apparently for years, uh, relatively unimpeded. So if you all were to set up camp and rest here, you're probably safe. Safe. <laughs> and the second doesn't realize this, he's just, I'm going to start getting gathering some wood, make a fire, because we've been through enough. Resting is probably a good idea. Thank you, Desmond. And he's just going. Like, woods are his happy place. Mm-hmm. I walk over to, uh, to uh, Ferran, and I, and again, having been on many adventures with Ferran, for better or for worse, I, I inquire about, uh, kind of quietly, about the boy, not the boy, the man in the, in the coffin, and ask about the apparatus. He was oh. a great admirer of yours, you know. Well, yes. I, I received many, many letters. Yes, he was a somewhat obsessive, one might say, but a great admirer, nonetheless. Uh, and, I, and I humbly appreciate it. Might I ask, is, is resurrecting man the best course of action? Well... It's playing with dangerous magic. Of course, there are more conventional means. If one wished that result, uh, he himself was a cleric of some power. In fact... And as a cleric, as, a, as a, a man of faith, he may have found himself in a more restful place, and to yank him forth from that restful place would be a doing a disservice. That Valentine, I won't even make you roll for this. You absolutely hear Van Richten making the exact same argument you made. 
thank you. I also have the observant feet. So if I can see they're not moving, I can hear them anyways. Uh, so I'll just kind of slink my way into the conversation. Professor Van Richten, uh, they've certainly heard this argument before as someone who's uh, intimately familiar with the device they speak of. I brought forth the same concerns, but alas, Uriah has chosen. Yeah. I have heard also, many speak in mortal life of wanting to return, but when they go and cross over to the place that they don't realize, the paradise that awaited them in their faith, being pulled from that is a... Well, that's deserve. the thing. Nahara actually spoke to him. Beyond On the other side. I asked him Ooh. myself because there was an argument about whether it was right to. And while... He spoke to his spirit. Yes, after he had passed, I wanted to make sure that it is indeed what he wanted because while several arguments were made, he was the love of my life and I did not want to abandon him, nor did I want to give up on him so easily when he had given up so much for all of us. Van Richten, I would say between, actually this is something that Jennifer and Lori would have just told you outright both Valentine and Nahara are somewhere between life and death. And I will, having, mm -hmm. as I am one to do, pop <laughs> off the pearls and hold them in my hand instead. And you can see a scar that goes all the way around her neck. And you can tell it was a very, very deep wound that has healed over, but has definitely like a raised texture to it that it didn't heal particularly well. And um, has a little bit of discoloration to it. That's perfectly covered typically by the necklace. And she takes that off and goes, Oh, no, I'm intimately familiar. Yes. So you understand the apparatus? I understand having it used on me. Yes. So and you I understand, understand not having a choice. But if this was his will and you have conferred with him from the veil, I would be happy to assist. It is. We had to ask him himself because it's not the right of anyone to project their own experience onto his. This was my original question. No one's projecting an experience, offering very, a perspective. Very cool scar, though. You shouldn't cover it up. I think it's really badass. Just We've my all seen it. I'm glad you're unimpressed. Uh, I, I think it's very I, cool. Thank you, Fiddlewick. <laughs> Tatiana, what is Tatiana doing during all of this? Staring in awe at this small creature, wondering at how it moves so. Is it the child? Is it? I've never me? seen anything like it before. I'm fascinated. Hello. What? Mm, was I staring? Very blatantly. I'm narrating <laughs> while you were staring at me. You know you said that out loud. Rude. That is embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we are you a embarrassed child? friends. Well, Tatiana, we could take it apart and see how it is assembled. Okay. I grab it by the head and I start to pull. 
Oh, we could use my sword as a screwdriver. Is this pickle? Polly, of course, it's hilarious. You think you're the first one to go digging around in there? <laughs> Maybe it untwists. Maybe it's like a flask, but it's animated. I am not full of liquor, I promise you. Are you sure? You'd be uh, more useful. We, we might have Sometimes to, I know, wonder. Check that. You'd be useful if you were full of liquor. Mm. Say so you never, you didn't become nicer during your adventures. Would, Pedro, would, now that you're- I'd like to know where the apparatus is located. I'm sorry. You do know where the apparatus is located. Uh, it mm. is in Lamordia, which you are here in Lamordia. Uh, okay. I will send you its exact location, but you are aware and so are you, Ferran. You know what? You are right, uncles. We should tend to the business at hand. I put down Piddlewick. Go on, little little child. I, I'm free. So that we're gonna rest for the night, and then uh, in the morning, I looked to Ferran and I said, "I will assist you in raising your friend." It would be most appreciated, Benrick. Piddlewick the second. Would you find a tree and watch for bears? Oh, absolutely, Papa. Anything you want, I'm on guard. I, can I like activate the totem on my chest just a little bit so that it growls? The Her bear chest, <laughs> where she has a bear tattoo, does rumble slightly, Piddlewick. <laughs> oh, we don't murder friends. Okay. <laughs> Tatiana, I asked you a different so I asked you a different question here in Zoom. Sorry, go ahead, uh, Valentine. I've never been so thrilled to not sleep. <laughs> uh, um, while this is going on. Uh, Firan will try to get Nahara's attention. Absolutely. You all are making camp, setting up your tents, building fires, scrounging. Actually, you don't have to scrounge because you might recall the people of Barovia offered up what. Um, uh, supplies and rations they could so you actually have a decent amount of hard tack you know stale cheese and bland sausage but it was the best they had to offer so at least you will not go hungry out here but yes Ferran, as everyone is uh making their uh making camp you are able to catch up with nahara and uh probably valentine as well if i can get the two of them together sure <laughs> Actually, if you don't mind, since you three are basically the ones who don't sleep, there's one other thing that I would like to resolve before, before this, uh, before everyone else camps for the night. Um, Tatiana, what are you doing in terms of your um, preparations for the well, night? Uh, obviously, Tatiana can sleep anywhere. And so she finds a tree. She likes the shade of a tree. And as she starts to shape the leaves into a soft pile she looks over and sees desmond and his face looks a bit forlorn she goes over to him my friend is this because you fell in battle you're sad no just it's a lot seeing Talk Finn, seeing he sold Seeing the loss, being reminded of all the other loss, just, it's a lot. I wish I had some 
sage advice to offer you. But all I can say is a warrior must always move forward, right? True. You know, also, I'm pretty sure I can hunt for something around here and uh, make some oh. kind of meat because there's got to yeah. be something to cook. That'll give me something to do. You know what? I thought I was tired, but it was hungry tired. I will hunt with you this way. Let's. Thankfully, this time, as you two make your way into the woods, you are not swept away into the shadow fell <laughs> as what happens last time. But who knows? The night's not over. As you all bed down for the night, time passes. Piddlewick maintains guard to keep the bears away. No bears thus far! <laughs> Good job. Baron, you do find a moment uh, where both Nahara and Valentine are not sleeping, as always. Good evening. Might I have a word? Yes, of course. Sure. What we saw earlier, the phantasm of the, the boy, the words he formed in the air, you saw them too, yes? I did. And forgive me, but were the two of you communicating with him? I, I tried to. Um, I could see him. And while I was trying to communicate with him, he could hear me, but he couldn't speak. And so he was kind of gesturing. Yes. His answers. Yes. I, I think we all saw that, except for Van Richten. Right. It, it's the words that he thought. Erasmus Van Richten. It is his son. Yes. Yes, he died. Did you know him? I have known Van Richten for many years, and I've walked these lands for a long time. Yes, I was aware. How? Do you know how he passed? Well, it's his passing that actually set Van Richten's feet upon the path he walks now. The monster hunter's path. He was taken by a vampire. And rather than allow him to harm others with Erasmus's insistence, well, let's say that the first vampire slain by Van Richten broke his heart. Oh, I couldn't even imagine how... That's heartbreaking. But that's the funny thing. He, he never seemed to mourn. Well, that can't be healthy. I thought perhaps he, but, but he seemed for me to, judge. to perceive what we all witnessed. And certainly he is no stranger to the supernatural, not insensitive to such things. Why do you suppose it is that he can't see him? I'm not sure. Well, if he doesn't remember the loss, I would assume that maybe he's choosing not to be seen as to not remind him if his child can remember and he's still following his father maybe it would be too difficult for 
Professor Van Richten to recall the loss. You when might be you right. It's when you say that, Valentine, Erasmus appears there in the three of you. He looks in the direction of his father, sleeping lightly as always, sword cane nearby. I cast a very telepathic bond so that we can all hear it. If mm -hmm. uh, are you able to speak? Erasmus. <laughs> he comes forward like he wants to embrace you, Ferran, but it's almost like he remembers he can't. But he's clearly happy to see you. He's... Fascinating. It's going to be a really interesting part of the show for the podcast listeners. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Erasmus can't talk, folks. Sorry. <laughs> um, he seemed to still have great love for his father. Which is reassuring. Yes. His father yes. cannot perceive him, even though we all can. To be, to be perfectly honest, the smacks of a curse of some kind. He, well, now I have to narrate for the podcast listeners. Thank you for looking out for them, Valentine. He very enthusiastically agrees. When you say curse, it's like, Have you heard of any curses of this nature? The curses of these lands take many forms, usually designed to harm the most, to wound the deepest. I can understand that. But it's but imperative that we do not inform Erasmus's father of what we have seen. Right. You see Erasmus just motions towards his chest and just makes a broken heart motion. Oh. Were you cursed by Strahd? You see his face curls like he's genuinely thinking about it. You don't know. Okay. Well, Ferran, you knew in life. Erasmus was a good-hearted boy, but he was never the philosopher or the scientist <laughs> question i'm i'm probably also aware of the fact that it wasn't specifically strahd that it, i i know the story yes i would say by now ferran because uh, chances are high ferran has searched for a way to help the boy in his own right over the years i would say it's a it's a fair assumption that he knows and you also know that van richten does not so it wasn't strahd himself it was another, a Darkonian vampire, actually. And what's more, Strad and Professor Van Richten did not come into conflict until he'd already begun his career as protector of the innocent, slayer of monsters. Well, it would make sense since if by Strad's defeat that Piddlewick was able to leave the castle, it would make sense that had that been the truth that Erasmus would have also been able to speak. It's funny. The fact that Piddlewick is here with us gives me hope that your destruction of Strahd was of a more permanent nature than some of his other deaths. I hope so. Piddlewick drops down from the trees. Ah, sure is. 
Hello, Hello. I've been listening to your conversation. I'll bring Piddlewick in on the telepathic bond and I'll just go. We're talking inside our minds, all right? Piddlewick, the moment they make contact with your mind, what's it like inside Piddlewick's head? Oh, it's a chaos of clockwork. Oh, this is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's oh, marvelous and bears. Mm. <laughs> it's quite it is actually. Suddenly, very, very loud in the group chat. Okay. <laughs> the Valentine, you see, Erasmus looks at you, and you see he very clearly like wilts a little, like he gets very tired all of a sudden. But he looks at you and very clearly mouths, "Thank you." To you, Valentine. He taps his head and just says, thank you. I just kind of nod to him. Okay. Um, I guess what can we do for you is... You don't know. You okay. He slowly walks over and he kind of stands near his father. Very clearly watching over him. And he just sits down and lays on the floor of the tent next to Van Richten and just looks at him and smiles and disappears again. Okay, so we know that he's cursed and we know that the curse, we know it comes from somewhere and it makes it so that Van Richten cannot see him. Do we think that- Or remember him, right? Or, or... Oh. Well, I will. Yeah, Van Rick, you're yeah. very, you're very much remember your son. You remember how he died. It's you cannot see him as a ghost. Uh, people have told you over the years, but you can't see him. You can't detect him. And so you've got no reason to believe he's here. Oh, got uh, it. Yeah, I was also under the impression that he didn't remember then. Okay. Yeah, that was, oh, oh, yeah. No, no, he, rem he, rem he remembers his son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I say he did not mourn, I mean, he took all the sorrow and turned it into, um, rage against the creatures of the night. I am familiar with the feeling of channeling what should be justice can very easily turn to vengeance and consume your, consume your thoughts and actions. Okay, I, so if we're trying to lift this curse is it just so we can see him as a ghost and how does that i guess really serve him might well, in comfort to know that his son's spirit is near and perhaps maybe he would even be able to speak to him that is curious most spirits have no trouble communicating especially not in these realms it must be some aspect of the curse that keeps him silent. And if Strahd's defeat was able to help Piddlewick leave, well, if we defeated whoever, but I, I don't even know who it was. How do we even Van Richten has many enemies. He has enraged some of the most powerful beings in existence, in this existence at any rate. Could be anyone. As the rest of the night passes with you all comparing notes, unfortunately few solutions, the sun rises 
the next day. You all are able to make your way deeper into the heart of Lamordia. Both Van Richten and Ferran know the way. And after some hiking, you all crest a cold, icy ridge. And you look down on an unusual sight, the likes of which that, Finn, you've probably seen somewhere along the way, but for Valentine, Desmond, Tatiana, and Nahara, this is definitely a city almost beyond your scope and comprehension. It is metal. Everything is gray and brass, steam pumping out of everything, great gears turning and rotating in odd machinery. There is a river sailing by that there is a very large ship with large chimneys on top that steam is pumping out of as a wheel rotates on the back of it, pushing it forward. Van Richten and Ferran, you both realize this is um, the outskirts, outskirts of Ludendorff. And you specifically are looking to make your way to Schloss Mordenheim, where the apparatus would be located somewhere below. Gaze upon one of the wonders of Lamordia, everyone. Ludendorff, city of wheels and steam. Does it always smell like this? I'm afraid so. <laughs> kind of smoggy. It is, if for Tatiana and Desmond in particular, it is almost especially offensive to your senses. This place, the way the creatures are here, it is already an abomination. But this is a particular affront to the natural world. This is even though the word industrial would not mean anything to the two of you in particular, this is about as far removed from the natural order as any living beings could be. I use my unending breath to not breathe here. <laughs> you all see Tatiana's lungs inhale mightily and don't shrink. <laughs> and now we know our way to where we're heading. And, and, uh, as far as uh, what we're walking into um, with this, uh, where the apparatus is being held, um, is the dangers that, that uh, stand between us and it, or uh, are there specifics that I would want to fill the group in on? Uh, Van Richten, you would know that this place is dangerous as all the dread domains are dangerous, mm -hmm. but not so much in the form of wolves that are going to leap out and consume you, right, but more right. from running afoul politically of the wrong person, or worse, being grabbed to participate in some bizarre experiments. Now, this is a very powerful machine if it can raise the dead, obviously. Oh, yes. You do yeah. know here, uh, Ludendorff University is a place yeah. where um, many young people are taught these strange and arcane arts. Um, and you know, um, in the past, there was a man uh, by the name of Baron Rudolf von Aubrecker, 
who was in charge here. And most people think he's still in charge here, but hasn't been seen in many years. Now, is there, uh, is there a, a cost to being allowed to use the apparatus? Like, uh, and, and obviously, uh, obviously Valentine has, has gone through the process already. So uh, I'm just curious, uh, what would Van Richten know about what we're walking into? Actually, let me take a step back. Valentine, in mm -hmm. any of your dealings with Jennifer and Laurie Weathermay Foxgrove, do you think you would have ever shared anything about how you actually came back? No, I don't think so. She didn't particularly trust uh, the Weathermay Foxgroves, especially because right. one of them was constantly trying to kill undead. Uh, <laughs> so I would say it's very rare for her generally to share the details of how she was reborn. Perfect. Um, probably not. If, if you don't think you would have shared it, that is not possessed. That's not information Van Richten would have uh, possessed. Um, in in all of my travels, know, if I if I know of it, yeah. Uh, well, it's it's just the how Valentine in particular made it back is unusual. I was just wondering if there's any reason why Van Richten would have known that in particular. And I don't. Oh, I thought I thought yeah. I thought you just she she oh, had said oh. that in our conversation earlier. Oh, she did. Okay. But <laughs> Nothing beyond very, that. Yeah, yeah. A very twisty backstory. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> she wasn't actually raised here. Um, that being said, um, Van Richten, you would know that this is a cold and difficult place where life is very cheap. They masquerade as scientists but they just don't care. That's why all of the animals here are so strange. Pretty much everything has been experimented on down to the smallest creature, which is why the birds and squirrels and wildlife are so twisted and mangled. It is um, more, I will tell you actually, Van Richten, uh, and Ferran Zalhonen also, um, give me history checks. Uh, Finn, give me history also. There's a chance I, you might have I, at least I heard it. Oh, natural 20. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like roll for lore dump. Um, we only play with one house rule, that a one always fails and a 20 always succeeds, even on skill checks. Um, so you're surprisingly Nat 20 as well. Another Ooh. nat 20. That, that Finn has heard this Blankers. also. You all know, both of at least the two of you, and what, what did you get, Ferran? Uh, 16. All right, Ferran, you have your suspicions. Van Richten and Finn, you two know the truth, that uh, Baron Rudolf von Aubrecker was in charge of Lamordia, but he was overthrown by his former assistant, Victra Mordenheim, who he created. Uh, he built her. She's immortal. Um, but she overthrew and imprisoned him and has been experimenting on him too. You know, she is the Dark Lord of this place now. Uh, and she does not care. Like, life is meaningless to her. She has no emotions. She has no empathy. So if you're going to use the apparatus, you either have to convince her to help you somehow or try to take it by force. There is, yeah, so, okay. I just look at Van Richten. Do we try to convince her? Or do we take it by force? Has, has he had dealings with her in the past? 
Victor or Vic, uh, Vic, Victra. It's V I K T R A. Victra. As, 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 uh, is it all reputation or has he had in, in his monster hunting? Van, R- Van Richten's been around. I would say that you, you've at least made her acquaintance before. You know. So is, she a, is she a reasonable uh, sort or is she. Is, she what's, what's, is her, what's her vice? You know, she is an absolute egomaniac. Her, great, her, greatest, her greatest flaw is she talks like Siri. Um, and she doesn't think anyone anywhere can be smarter than her. That is actually how you came to meet her in the first place. She invited you for an audience that basically just wanted to show off um, Van Richten. And she herself is a construct. I would say with that natural 20, both of you also know that inside of her, she's got something called the unbreakable heart, which is where her power comes from and how she was created. She is obsessed with trying to duplicate it and hasn't been able to, which knowing she believes she's the smartest being ever is driving her particularly off the deep end. So there, there is a thing that she wants that she would like to have uh, that I'm sure we could offer in kind if we had it or if we allowed her to believe that we had it and now among us be. we do have a construct and then i i tell the story of the un- unbreakable heart That's that was sick. built by her 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 maker yes yes he was baron rudolph von Aubrecher, yes. and no one has seen him in years but you know both the two of you know that she's just got him and has been experimenting she's on him the, com- the common person thinks he's still running things he's just been busy for 20 years she's she's a cruel <laughs> cruel construct uh, unlike our puppet friend here. No, I couldn't control. <laughs> oh, we know because you're Pedalwick 2, not 1. Well, he died. <clears throat> yes. So. Are you talking about the time I pushed him down the stairs and then he died? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so clumsy. Give me the short stick. Oh, um, it is. You were big. saying, Fen? Um, if if she's a construct, she shouldn't. So I don't know anything about constructs. Well, but yeah, you want to? <laughs> no, <laughs> not this. We are a curious bunch. <laughs> no, take that stick away. Mm. I just don't understand how a construct could have wants or desires or whatever. Doc. Dark magics brought her to life, have consumed her. She is a very intelligent construct. She, uh, mm. She's ruthless. She is uh, evil and twisted. And uh, she has needs and desires as much as, well, uh, I'm sure Piddlewick. I think I'm in love. Maybe uh, we can give her Piddlewick. Papa, Papa, can she be my new mama? Let's be a family. That's not a bad idea at all. That's the best idea I've ever had, and I have had a lot of great ideas. Give me the stick. Give me the stick. Maybe love is what would melt her heart. Tatiana, Desmond, Valentine, all give me perception with advantage. 16. Mm -hmm. 16. 30, 20. 30, 20. Uh, 
16. You all start to notice some things, but Tregram actually got a natural 20. So Valentine, as you're observing the city below, you hear his voice come up again. Well, isn't that fascinating, Valentine? Look at the craftsmanship. Nowhere near as wonderful as you, of course, but close approximations. You do see that, correct? The puppet? Uh, no, uh, further below. Um, see that, that road to the right there? Um, Third Street on the grid? See down there? And Valentine, as you feel Tregram trying to guide your vision, you notice down below, walking through the streets of the city, Tatiana, Desmond, you see there's people walking around. It's a very populated uh, area. There's not high walls. It's not a hellish apocalypse like Falkovnia was. People seem to be going about their daily business. Valentine, what you realize is about half of them aren't people. There are zombies walking around carrying things that have like bolts out of their neck and things like that, that are servants performing menial tasks. Every few blocks, there are large, hulking, fleshy things like golems that are just made out of meat that stand on corners like some form of defense that the people walk by ignoring. Is, uh, if I can with, you know, take advantage of Tregrim's nat 20 here and just mm -hmm. ask, is there a single person down there like me? Dozens, Valentine. I mean, understanding no, I that mean, no one is like you, but- No, I see the neck bolted servants, the yes. mindless, zombies that walk these streets what i want to know right. is if there are others like me yes definitely and, and i think not to overstep my bounds here um but um if i could direct your attention to that uh odd tower over there on the coast yes um i i, I think what you're looking for may be contained therein tregram when reanimating somebody, mm. is it a choice whether they come back like me or come back like them? And she just kind of gestures to one of the people carrying things. Or is it a gamble? Oh, I mean, you, of course, exist due to the might and wisdom of the almighty God brain. All hail the God brain. Um, there were other experiments that were perhaps less effective. Do you think that they're intentionally making a little army of servants down here, or do you think that these are mistakes? Well, uh, again, a humble servant. Um, but if I had to say what, what I would think, um, it is almost like, um, are you aware of uh, ants, <laughs> um, Valentine? Yes. How there's worker ants, and then there's uh, warrior ants, and then there's queen ants. Mm -hmm. I think she's doing this on purpose. Quite effectively, might I add. Very. Hey, Valentine. I, I realize you don't need my counsel, only my service, um, but um, I would be remiss if I just said that 
those down there, even the ones that are like you, they're not like you. I mean, you're you. They're just them. Thank you, Tregorum. Um, <laughs> and your counsel becomes more valuable each day. Then allow me to quit while I'm ahead. And you very much feel Tregrum's presence drop to silence. I'd like to try and uh, pull uh, Professor Van Richten for a little bit of a sidebar. Mm -hmm. Let me just ask one question. Would you intend to talk to him before you were heading towards the city or kind of as you're making your way? I'm happy to do a walk and talk. Yeah. Then you all are making your way down. And as we've established, you have a mental connection that the, the doctor has allowed. I keep saying I switch between doctor and professor. You're a professor of doctorology. You're Van Richten. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Professor Van Richten, I um I've been observing the people of this city. I'm sure you've probably noticed as well. We are surrounded by uh, those that must be brought back by the apparatus. I don't know, based on the way that I was created as I was a very little part of the process. I don't know if there is a gamble in bringing Brother Uriah back. I don't know if it's quite um, down to an art form of bringing well, him back if, as he If was. what you're suggesting is that the apparatus is what created the minions in the city, then it itself may be a flawed device. There and may be corruption within. And it's possible she's just doing this on purpose to raise people from the dead as menial servants, servants which yes. is uh, deeply disturbing even to me. Well, we will know more when we get our eyes upon the machine, and we will know more when we finally meet its master. You are the only person that has seen the, um, I suppose, other side of this that I recognize. I know that he said I have he wants witnessed to come back many that want, have come back, yes. I want to do what he asks. I, I believe that that is what we have to do, but I don't. There's not a simple resertion of the, of the ghost within to the corporeal body. It is not that easy. Transference, exactly. things can change. Things can and, corrupt upon them. Transfer. And though I know very little about the outside of the process, the inside of the process is it will change you. And it certainly well, I changed I worry me. that Nahara, in all of her hoping, will not receive the man she said goodbye to. Nor will all of you. Well, if you've, you are living proof of what you were before and what you are now, I will have to trust your advice. I have not gone through it myself. But Would you believe this is I was personable words, before? <laughs> I find you very personal. I have worries. I share those worries. And when the time comes, if we find that the process will be flawed and what comes through is either in pain and suffering or will cause you all pain and suffering, then we may do what we have to do. I wish only the path of least suffering Indeed. for everyone. Indeed. 
as you all are making your way down into the town, uh, everybody give me one more perception check. I'm very distracted. <laughs> your mind is elsewhere. Yep. 18. Uh, I had an eight, so I was deep in conversation. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. 13. Your minds were literally elsewhere. Actually, uh, what did Pedalwick get? Oh, I didn't roll. It rolled for me. Yes, that's it. Rolled for Pitwick and Ferran. Yes, absolutely. Let's see here. I don't have his stats, but I will roll a d20. Mm -hmm. Just tell me what. Just tell me what you get on the die that's for a natural one. I got a one. <laughs> you successfully. One. <laughs> yes, you 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 win by default, Pitwick. Uh, what did Ferran get? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen and uh, Tatiana and Desmond. Thirteen. Eighteen. Tatiana, while in, in 19 for Finn, excellent. As you all I also make, got an 18. 18, perfect. Um, as you all are making your way down towards the outskirts of this town and kind of making your way into these strange cobblestone uh, with gas-lit lamps that seem to be burning perpetually, like torches that never extinguish, you see people going about their business here in the city and the two actually Finn, Nahara and Tatiana all notice this there is a, a large building a, it would be a barn if you were in a city in a in a farm but in this strange place it is like where they warehouse materials or something like that you see a pair of golden eyes that are looking up over a ledge very intently staring at Piddlewick, who does not notice at all. <laughs> Should we be alarmed? I'm going to physically put myself in between Piddlewick and the eyes and say, look, friends don't murder friends. I'm helping you out. Oh. Kind of like put my arm around him. <gasps> oh, I knew we were best friends. When you, it's probably it. best that you don't wander off Piddlewick. Oh, when, stay with you. When you say that, you see the person like looks and like very re clearly realizes you've seen her and stands up for a moment and you see a glowing, golden, beating heart and she ducks down behind the window. And that is a good place for us to take a little break. So we're gonna do a quick 10. Don't go nowheres. And we will come back to find out who this mysterious person is. And we are back. Wait, let me make sure we're actually back. Yes, and we are back. So here on the streets of Ludendorff, outside this strange building, you've seen what clearly was an artificial girl with payish, pale grayish skin and golden eyes. And when she stood up, you caught the briefest glimpse of a golden beating mechanical heart before she dove back down behind the windows. What would you all like to do? Nahara Finn, you saw that too, right? No. Yes. We didn't. We didn't see it. 
Tatiana Desmond and Nahara saw it. Um, and I'm fin- actually, no, Finn, Finn, Tatiana, and Nahara saw it. Yes. Uh, yes, I'm asking them. Mm-hmm. What do you think that was? What is it that you saw? I don't know. What, what was? Probably another construct based on where we are. Please describe it. We didn't get a chance to formally meet you and I yet, uh, Tatiana. Um, it, it was glowy and it was yellow, orange, gold. Shocking about the heart that we saw. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not, not, not the art, not the instance of our meeting. So, <laughs> so would would uh, Van Richten know the story of uh, of what we what they saw? What you'd heard, Van Richten, mm-hmm. is that Doctor Mordenheim had this one of a kind, unbreakable heart. And yet what they're describing is not at all the woman that you have had dealings with. And now that you think about it, even though she told you she had this unbreakable heart, she was never glowing or anything. She just said it. But I do in my notes have, uh, you know, as as, when things are past word of mouth, uh, stories get jumbled. Uh, Facts become lore, lore become facts. Something is not sitting right. Please. uh, and then they, they described her to me. Mm-hmm. I know that this Dr. Mordenheim herself, whether she be construct or not, she creates them. That's... But I do know that what I dealt with her, I did not see any about. Okay, so maybe she could help us create, say, person again out of, say, you know, a corpse that's getting a little... No, I'm not rotted. Obviously, we did the spell, but like, no. I, I still feel that's, like there's a time. That's not me. what. A, that's not what Uriah agreed to. Right. That would be creepy. Uh, come on, it could be really. You're creepy. creepy. <laughs> me? No. No. Oh, the, the little puppet man. Right. Yeah, that's. He's just true. unique. Could be scary. Couldn't I look most up of us be considered creepy depending on who's Desmond? Perceiving. I'm just asking a question that feels fitting. No, that's valid. But Fen, how are we supposed to do this without her help? I didn't say don't get her help. I was saying no to constructing a fake Uriah. Oh, well, I mean, I guess we're not constructing a fake Uriah, but we're... Or, no, we're not using his body, no. The the window that we saw her, just uh, just, I want to get geography real quick. Mm -hmm. Or that they saw her. Mm -hmm. Uh, How high is it? It's about 20 feet up. She's essentially in a warehouse. It's just and you guys, most of you have never seen a warehouse across the street. Like as you were walking by, she was like looking out the window at Piddlewick, realized that she'd been made and hid. Like but the there's, building, there's, does it seem does, like a second floor based on her size or is she 20 feet tall? It would be a second floor based on her size. She looked person sized. And there is a door into the building. A very skinny, tall person, like really <laughs> long legs or on the hiding <laughs> floor. Do we... Do we at least recognize this building as being out of place with the rest of the landscape? Or oh, no, it, look- it looks like every other building in Lutendorf. Oh, okay. I mean, imagine a warehouse in an industrial area. It's just you guys have never been in an industrial area in oh, your life okay. before. I that's, was... that's basically what it's like. All right, I was confused by, okay. Mm-hmm. Perhaps... I was trying to describe it in terms that you all would know. <laughs> Perhaps uh, I should admit something. Um, I myself have been in correspondence with Dr. Mordenheim. 
that was my initial plan going in. We could hardly do anything without her assistance. The apparatus is, after all, a device of arcane science. Are oh. you on good terms? I wouldn't say friendly terms, but cordial, cordial. Cordial, all right. Is she expecting some sort of payment in return? Not that your eye is not worth it. He is. It's just what well, we should know. Well, it doesn't we seem have like she would take you the know. potential payment that might be to her liking. Oh, right. You have to be on yeah. the other side of the hand. <laughs> Vimrickton, did I hear that you were approaching the building? Yes. It well, is... approaching approaching the building of uh, uh, well, we we are we close to where we want to be to see Mordenheim, where the apparatus is. You are aware that Mordenheim has a tower on the other side of town. Side. This building is about as far as you can be from there, but still and, be in Ludendorff. And we know that Mordenheim uh, desires finding uh, another unbreakable heart. Correct. So then it would be at least uh, prudent to find out, because we don't know where this one came from. Correct. So let's go wrap, wrap, wrapping on the door of the warehouse, or at least enter the warehouse. When you turn um, the when you turn the knob, the knob turns, but very much feels like it's been blocked by something, like someone has barred the door from the other side. Would you all uh, like me to shoot? Puppet friend. Uh, yes, I was going to very ask you if you go up the drain thing. pipe. I can you, oh. climb and go through a window and then try to mm. unlock whatever this is. Piddlewick, even you, Tatiana, you're right. This is what you do. But even before you can put your shoulder into it, this construct has gone up a drainage pipe faster than you could imagine. Oh. And Piddlewick, as you shimmy up and you get to a window and you look inside, the place is basically ruins. There's boxes and cobwebs, strange machinery that isn't working. But you see that gray-skinned girl running as fast as she can, and she turns around and she looks at you, and she just stops and she stares at you. And you see the heart begins to glow slightly. Oh. Tatiana. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Pedalwick. This is the glowing heart of gold. Shh. <laughs> Shush stick, throw it down, throw it down, throw down the shush stick. She's on the other side of the window. Tatiana, That's you it. easily shoulder this door open. I won't even make you run, you won't even make you roll for it. <laughs> As Valentine takes the shush stick, you, the light spreads into this dusty building. And you see the girl as described, she very quickly tries to pull a coat closed, but the glow of her golden heart is still coming up around her neck. When she sees you, Tatiana, as you come through and she just goes, just, I, I don't, I just, I, leave me alone, leave Stay me alone. Still. We just have questions. It's everybody always says that everybody just wants something from me. Stay back. I will, I'll defend myself. Hey. I shall cast Otteluk's resilient sphere. If you would, a moment of your time. Uh, is there any save for her on this, or is she merely imprisoned by the act of it? Uh, hold on one sec. I believe it's a death save. <laughs> I rolled a two, so it kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, so, a spherical wall of force, essentially. Bloop. You see the sphere appears around her, and she goes, no, no, no. And 
punches it and you all hear thoom, like a shockwave goes out through it. But as you know, it doesn't break for on, although it requires all of your concentration. And she goes, oh no, oh no, no, oh no. Calm yourself. We merely wish to talk. And we'd prefer if you didn't abscond during our conversation. You see, she very much looks around and is like running her hands on the inside. Like it is obvious to all of you, she's trying to figure a way out, even while Ferran's talking to her. And she hits it again. And you hear the loud echo that goes out through the place, but it doesn't break. Strong one. Uh, Perhaps someone could have a word with her? I'm gonna step forward. Does anyone close the door behind them when you all come in? Let's say I did. Perfect. Oh, you know, hashtag asking for a friend. Okay. Uh, all of you give me insight. Valentine, you can give it to me with advantage because this is what you do. I rolled an 18 both times. So it's weird. Hey. 25. 25? Uh, nat 20 for a 29. Natural 30, 20. 30, 20. Got 23. 20, 23. And that was insight, you said? Yes, please. Nat 20 plus 5. Nat 20, Desmond? Three. Three and Tatiana? Uh, 17. But man, two Nat 20s tonight? I mean, Desmond, you're like, that girl's got a pretty strong overhand right. That's wild, you know? Um, The rest of you realize she's terrified. She's reacting almost more like a cornered animal trying to get out of here. Uh, I believe it was Nahar and Finn with the natural 20s? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. It is also clear to you, uh, she's artificial, whatever she is. Um, Although, as you're looking at her, she's not completely artificial. She's not so different from Valentine and Nahara. You feel like she was a living thing once. She is not a conglomeration of bolts and plates. There are no nuts sticking out of the side of her neck or anything of the sort. She actually looks like a human girl that is just sort of pale gray, like a corpse, but has this glowing golden heart and apparently significant strength that comes with it. But one thing all of you, with the glowing exception of Desmond, are very clear on is she's incredibly afraid. She's a cornered animal right now, trying to find a way out of here. Oh. I don't think that this is the best way to maybe... I feel like we've made him a little more nervous. I cast Calm Emotions. What is your save, DC? 16. Charisma save. A 17 on the die. Valentine, as you reach out and try and gently impose your will on her, it is like a tidal wave comes back. And again, it is not rage. It's terror and desperation and sadness that you feel pushing back against you, Valentine. And you all hear before, just one second, Valentine, she very much is like, no, I won't go back. I won't go back. I won't go back. I won't go back. And yes, Valentine, I think you were going to say something. I believe that uh, Dr. Van Richten actually was going to. Yes, Van Richten. Is she saying this? Is she saying this out loud or is she saying that in her mind? You all very much hear her saying, I won't go back. I won't go back. We will not take you where you fear. Van Richten? You would recognize her now? I've read your books. You've never seen this person before in your life, Van Richten. 
it's not uncommon for people to recognize you. I, uh, have you enjoyed the books? Well, I do have one problem with them. Please. You always destroy the monsters. Not every monster chose to be what they are. Not every monster deserves destruction. Some just want to be left alone and live in peace. And I assure you, I do not destroy the ones who don't harm any, who, who choose to not harm. The ones that do want to be let alone. I, you must I suppose. sometimes regret putting that etching of your face in your book jacket. Everyone's a reviewer. <laughs> They're all a critic. I suppose. Do you have a name? You see, she just sort of runs her fingers through her hair and she says, I suppose the merciful tales don't sell as well. What, what manner of creature is that? She completely ignores you asking for her name and points at Piddlewick. What, what is that? Ah, hello. Oh, this, this is Piddlewick the second. Do you, what is your name? Piddlewick, you see she kneels down and she looks at you and she says, hi, Piddlewick the second, I'm Elise. Oh, hello, Elise. I think you and I are the same type. You have an unbreakable heart too? Oh yeah, it's a clockwork heart. Piddlewick, I would say if you choose, you would be capable of sort of showing her your inner workings if you wanted to. I removed my big button and I show her, (laughs) I rip my chest open. Look it, Elisa. You all do see Piddlewick is a complex web of old rusty gears. Like again, it is impossible to know how old he actually is, but he's old. And you see her eyes just widen and both Valentine and Ferran, you two being the ones actively trying to ensorcer her at the moment, feel her relax slightly when she sees Piddlewick. When I feel her do that, I'm going to say, Elise, I'm going to drop the sphere and you will settle to the ground. We'd just like to continue our conversation. You and Piddlewick can speak, yes? Piddlewick, can I trust them to maintain their word that if they release Absolutely. me. These are our friends, and friends don't murder friends. I mean, I, I suppose friends don't murder friends. That fine. Policy we all uphold. Yeah. <laughs> you see, she does just sort of hold her hands up, Ferran. And Ferran cancels the spell. You definitely see a glint in her eye where for a split second she contemplates bolting. But then her eyes kind of fall on Uriah's casket. Just, what is that? Friends don't let friends stay murdered. We're gonna make him like us. No, you're not. Right. Not precise. Less no. um, clocks. Yes. No, uh, not the same. And my clock doesn't work anyway, so. Oh. To Lamordia, seeking the assistance of, um, well, a device that we think can help our friend. The apparatus. You know it. 
intimately. I see. Yes, the apparatus can give life and unlife. Do you remember your life before? Bits and pieces. I was always so cold before. I don't miss the cold. I just don't feel it. But there was warmth. There was fires. There was soup. There were warm embraces. All lost to me now. Why do you find yourself in this abandoned warehouse? She has spies everywhere. She is your maker. Dr. Mordenheim. Yes. She wants... She doesn't want me. She wants this. And she actually pulls the coat open again. And now you all can very clearly see a golden heart. But it's not like a human heart. It is actually like a heart heart. And it just expands and contracts slightly. She wants that from you. Where did yes. it come from? Where did it come from? She made it. It was a prototype. Again. This brings up an interesting moral quandary. Does it belong to you because you were created with it? Or does it belong to her because she created it? Well, <laughs> the moment I could, a I child belongs it. to itself. <laughs> also, obviously, you're making quite good use of having it. What does she want with it? All of you give me insight checks. At 20. Natural 20. 16. I'm going to give this one to you, Desmond, even though those are some very great roles because Desmond's... You had one foot into the next world all day today. (laughs) (laughs) Desmond, in a strange way, something about her reminds you uh, of Armand. She seems dutiful, but sweet. And even though mere moments ago, she was terrified of all of you, it's almost like she finds herself opening up almost despite herself. There's just a goodness in her that you have not encountered many times in the mists. Quite frankly, not really since Uriah. Just unfettered goodness. I just look at him and say, you feel to me like one of the kindest people that we've met throughout all of our journeys. And that is surprising to me because it's the only other person I can imagine. Like that is over there. Gesturing toward the coffin. Ah, I see why you fight so diligently for his return. It's even before I was strange here in Lamordia, 
is not a place of kindness. It is not a place of warmth. Bodies are raw materials. I don't know why Dr. Mortenheim chose me as any more than the next person. Quite frankly, I have no idea how many people she attempted this particular experiment on before it succeeded with me. Just, that's why I read your book, Dr. Van Richten. I thought, if there's people out there who live to serve, the stories of you and the Weathermay Foxgrove twins, as Esmeralda, thought maybe I could help too, but I can't escape this place. You can. I've tried. The mist, they close in, and the snow just pours I, from the sky. I have, I have not known this group for very long. But what I do know of them, they are capable of miraculous deeds. They bested the beasts of Barovia. The sun shines again. Castle Ravenloft, and if anybody can liberate you from the prison of this city, it is these people. Is there any way in your quest for service you could see to it to help them? Nahara, you see, she looks at you. And she looks at the casket and she looks at you again and you see the glow comes up over this golden heart again and she kind of puts her hand over it. She says, you left him. With everything that I am. Still love him. You can feel that with your glowing heart? It's how I knew you all weren't really going to harm me. Please. Do you know where the apparatus lies? Precisely. In Dr. Mortenheim's tower. She's used it to create all manner of things and to torment Baron von Albrecher. I would say she takes joy in it, but I don't think she takes any joy in anything. Albrecher, he's nominally the ruler of these lands, yes? He's nominally anything now. He's mostly machine with the odd chunk of meat. Uh, I will admit that seeing, seeing you gives me such hope, though. Your kindness. True. If the apparatus is able to produce such as you, then we have hope it will return Uriah to us as he was, at least with his goodness intact. You see the light from her glowing heart starts to expand enough that it starts to light up the room, not quite bright enough for you all to cast shadows. And almost despite yourselves, it does feel nice. Well, she, maybe she can be of help making sure that he comes out more like her. Dr. Van Richten, 
Professor Van Richt, which do you prefer? I hear both Rudolph. so often. You can call me Rudolph. Almost got that. Oh, Mr. Doctor Professor. Mr. Doctor Professor Rudolph. Why? Why do you keep doing it? Risking yourself again and again, walking headlong into danger and horrors with all that it has cost you, all that it will cost you. Why? Hopes that someone else may not endure the pains that I have. Van Richten, give me persuasion and you can roll with advantage. Well, that's good. That would be uh, 21. You see, she just sort of looks at you and nods slowly. And she... <sighs> okay. Okay. I'll help you. That's what heroes do. I'll help you. She walks over to one of the crates and puts her hands on it and pushes. And you all hear a loud groan as she clearly is much stronger than she looks, Tatiana. She may be the strongest being you've ever actually witnessed. Incredible. <laughs> in love. She just looks at you and smiles pitifully. <laughs> She's like, well, if I survive the next hour, perhaps we could become friends. Pitlewick the second. Elise, with the device, can it make me a real boy? I've only seen it make real boys into constructs, not constructs into real boys. Is there a reverse switch or something? <laughs> you all see underneath a jagged hole that you can see has just been burrowed and punched as the concrete is cracked and smashed. And you see it's where she came up out of here. While she's like pushed the things over and she's kind of separated herself from the group a little bit, I'm mm. going to turn my back to her and just go, okay, so I'm hoping this isn't a controversial opinion, but we should probably kill the woman, right? Not the child here, the woman who made her that's chasing her down for her heart. That might be challenging. And we need her to run the machine okay then we use her to run the machine and then kill her we can't we can't allow this person to just keep doing this right one other like, question if she wants this golden heart so badly that must mean she can't create another that is also we need very something concerning. like that to bring uriah back actually mm. i have something else in mind as Ferenz alhonen pulls out from just seemingly from inside his cloak a glass jar holding a heart suspended in fluid. This belonged to one of Uriah's siblings. Okay, score for creepy keepsakes. Oh, you carry that around. Mm, yes, I have quite a few things stashed People away. People think I'm disturbing. You know, no, you want to throw the toe around. Exactly, is what I was going to say, yes. Um, it may be possible that if Elise has some 
clue as to how the machine operates, we might be able to circumvent Mordenheim's involvement. Mordenheim is out here taking people's lives and turning them into enslaved zombies. I want to do whatever we have to do to get Brother Uriah back first. I am with you and I will do it. And then we have to stop this woman from using the undead like I'll this. I'll take your monster, so I will assist in the killing of this one. Okay. We're going to kill professor. things. I like it. As you all descend into the hole, the light of Elise's glowing heart illuminating, the trip through the sewer is unpleasant but uneventful until you do arrive at a very large grate with all manner of once living refuge sort of dripping out of it. And she looks up, she says, Schloss Mortenheim. And she wants to go, okay. She's like, allow me. She reaches up and you feel she kind of wrenches it and actually moves it to the side. She's like, "Ah." if I tell you something, if I tell you something unpleasant from a former life, I hope you all won't judge me too harshly. I was before, I used to work for the doctor. I would, um, I would help her acquire specimens, dead specimens. And this is how I would bring them in. I swear to you, I'd never harmed any living thing, though. I just thought, well, and she turns and looks at Uriah's coffin, and she's like, I guess I'd been raised to believe that they were just spare parts, but now I realize slightly more complicated than that, huh? We understand. We've all done things we're not proud of. I pushed Pedalik one down the stairs, but shh, Oh, okay. Uh, and she starts climbing and she says, I can bypass most of the castle. It's actually surprisingly empty. Dr. Mordenheim doesn't have much need for company, but I can take you one of two places. I can take you straight to Dr. Mordenheim. Actually, that is probably our best bet. I don't think you would want to see what became of Rudolph von Aubrecher, actually. I mean, you're gonna float it out there like that? <laughs> and she starts climbing. <laughs> Dead, really? I mean, I'm curious now. But well, like, we gotta have is, to, right? Is he, would he, if liberated, assist us? She stops and thinks for a moment, and she says, well, he was brilliant and powerful and hates Dr. Mordenheim. Perhaps the enemy of your enemy is your friend? Ferran, yes. could you restore him at all or heal? That is the work for a cleric, and sadly, yeah. there's one standing right here. <laughs> 
then situation is my speciality. If we can heal him, we can skip her entirely, get Uriah back, and then deal with the good. Well, not the good, but deal with her maker. Yes. Elise, do you know where he would be kept? I would. Will you lead us to him? She very much climbs. And again, besides of the hum of strange machinery and the hiss of steam, this place is also very quiet. Even her creations don't really make much noise unless uh, bidden by her. And as she climbs her way up, she does come to a large door and opens it. And you can see a hallway of cells. And at the end of which you can see strange alchemical preparations. Van Richten, you immediately recognize it as a lab. For the rest of you, there are fires. Uh, Ferran, you would know an alchemical lab when you saw one also. For, but for the rest of you, it is a strange assemblage of colorful flames, glass vials bubbling and boiling, but there's still heavy bars on the door. And no sign of anyone inside, although you can't see everything from down here. What is the gentleman's name again that we are looking for? Baron Rudolf von Aubrecker. I've wriggled through the bars. Mm -hmm. Piddlewick, as you wriggle through the bars, it takes you a second to notice in the midst of all of the other furniture, you do see something it looks like the picture I'm about to send. At first, it looks like a brain in a jar on a pedestal. Ooh. But as it slowly rotates towards you, there is a purplish torso with an arm that ends in a gasket of some sort and a fleshy, skinless arm that goes down to a bronze cap with no legs. And it looks, and you hear, What manner of construct are you? I'm Piddlewick, too. Von Richten. Von Richten? Yes, yes, my papa. You see, what kind of it's... construct are you other than super cool? Upon hearing and, this conversation mm -hmm. start on the outside, Ferran casts knock on the uh, door to open it and just sort of gestures to everyone after you. The cage swings open and as you all make your way in, you see what was described. It rotates back and forth. You all have, of course, seen a brain in a jar before. But yeah, are we is, seeing like a family yeah. resemblance? This time. Stuart well, too. Stuart was literally a brain in a jar. Is uh, currently for, on my back. 
It's it's true. Stuart hasn't been too chatty for a while. He's like doesn't want anybody to remember he's back there. It's for uh, the best. Thank you, Tatiana. That's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> there are artificial eyes have been fashioned to the outside of the jar. Uh, and there is some semblance of a neck in this hose that is allowing it to speak. Uh, it is like someone was turned into a brain in a jar and has slowly been reconstructing themselves. As you recall, Stuart did have the ability to manipulate things uh, telepathically. And oh. I take the, cause Stuart I wear in like a kind of satchel-esque kind of thing on my back and I kind of pull it around to the front and I'll lift Stuart out of the bag a little bit for the first time in what's somewhere between a few weeks and five years. Van Richten, you see Valentine pulls a head in a jar. Out. Just a brain. Uh, I, uh, yeah, a brain. It is just a brain. I apologize. A brain <laughs> in a jar out. That I, I believe somebody had taken the time to draw a face on the outside of the jar, if memory serves. And you see what do it. you think would. <laughs> could be anyone. <laughs> Anybody could have done it. Anybody could have done it. And you do see the brain in the jar slowly rotates in the direction of Baron Albrecher, and he just leans over and looks down at it, and he just says, Oh, I'm not the only one to find myself in such a sorry state. What did this one do to offend Dr. Mordenheim? Not one of hers. Uh, Baron Albrecher, I presume? The one and only. I will not apologize for my current setback. I assure you, I am in the midst of extracting timeless and terrible revenge. That much is clear, Doctor, clearly. Uh, uh, Baron, rather. I wonder, would you be interested in helping us anger Victor Morgenheim, Mordenheim in great, great extent? Uh, Ferran, give me persuasion and you can roll three times and take the highest because you've said the magic words, antagonize <laughs> Dr. Mordenheim. Persuasion, you say. Mm-hmm. 15 or an 18 or... As somebody whose love language is schadenfreude, I really hope that this works out. 18 is the highest. You see, he looks at you, and you see the artificial eyes sort of zoom in and out for a moment. And he says, I am, of course, interested in antagonizing a lesser doctor and inventor. What do you offer me in exchange? I uh -huh. Just to Valentine, he said lesser, but like he's the one whose brain is in the jar, just noting. Yeah, no, for sure. And there's a, a real like petty anger attached right. to it. But it's kind of sad. I'm so. I'm taking in the two brains in a jar. And again, <laughs> not the weirdest thing he's seen this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's 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 not easy being von Richten. Um I, I I turn to the Baron and I say, What is what do you wish? You are clearly imprisoned here, so uh Freedom is one thing we can offer you. With freedom would come retribution. Help me abscond from this place and you will have my assistance. Did she do this to you? 
suddenly caught me unawares once. Yet it, so she, I, even I, even one with as great as me must sleep on occasion, and uh, I awoke to find uh, I was ahead in a jar. Oh, well, clearly, clearly you've been unfairly taken advantage of by one of an inferior intellect to your that Yes. Of course it was my brain she retained, because of course it is superior to hers. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> you are no doubt familiar with the workings of the apparatus. Very of course, I'm the one that taught it to her. I constructed oh. it initially. Will it make me a real boy? We can try! <laughs> and you see the, the bubbles around the brain start to bubble when he says that? Yes, uh, that can be number two on the agenda. The first is... No, a, no, come on! It, the first is a simple matter of uh, restoring life uh, to a rather well-preserved corpse. Uh, I have a heart already prepared, and we should be ready to go if you're able to assist us. Finn, you realize Elise isn't there. She didn't come into this room with you. That girl. Where is she? I thought she was with you. No, she didn't come. Is she outside the cell? I when, you, head. when you lean and look out in the hallway, she has the casket of Uriah open. And she is leaned down, like with a hand on each side and a foot on each side. Like she's just like looking, like her I, face. I like run nose over. Nose with I run over and grab her. <clears throat> what are you doing? He's sleeping, but he won't he's wake. Dead. He's not dead. I know he dead. I know is, dead. He's very much dead. Please be respectful. Please, when you say he's not dead, what is it you sense? Death is pale, gray, awful, motioning towards the Baron. He's so soft. He's nearly warm. His limbs move freely. Ah, Much yes. of death does Just not look how work. you would expect. Well, perhaps I he's mostly dead. Oh, I didn't mean to. You see... I note the, that I, if she's child size, I have picked her up. Yeah. Eh, she's like the size of about of a teenager. But yeah, I mean, when, when you try and pull her off, she doesn't really fight you. She kind of just goes with it and move. But she's very much looking at Uriah. She doesn't understand. She's seen lots of corpses. She's never seen anybody in calm repose. So, like the death is unmistakable like i don't then she rotates and you see baron von albrecher has floated over and looks and he's like oh, 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 oh you've recovered the unbreakable heart good i'm glad that you have come to me for assistance first because i am the superior scientist but i would be remiss not to tell you dr mordenheim would probably trade significantly for recovery of that particular piece of engineering and you see when he says piece of engineering like elise just like knuckles up but doesn't move she's just like we're not trading her now now baron let's not get ahead of ourselves Mm. Mm. well fine uh yes valentine you're about to say something what would we need from her 
It seems like uh, you have all of the information to operate the apparatus. Oh, yes, of course. I am Dr. Mordenheim, superior in nearly every way. Uh, Great. Everywhere. Deception check. <laughs> I yeah. would like to insight check that. Please do. That is mine at 20. It's my turn. Hey. Uh, he's not lying about knowing how to use the machine. He's not lying about having taught it to her. In his uh, heart of hearts, he doesn't really have one, but in his heart of hearts, he knows she beat him. His brain that's of jars. The, that's in his brain of brains. He knows she beat him. That's the bluster. He can do what he mm -hmm. says. He knows he got outplayed. Okay, no. great. Superior scientist. We don't need anything from her, right? From Dr. Mordenheim? From Dr. From Mordenheim. No, of course not. Never, ever. No, nothing. Well, then lead on, dear Beryl. You mm. should be able to do this on your own. Oh, of course. You are far no. superior. Come along, Elise. I shall show you how a proper clinician operates. And you see he starts floating down the hallway uh, towards a set of doors down at the end of this very floor. Oh. I mean, when Elise watches him walk away and she goes, I hate that man. He's not that much better than her. You all do know he's not that much better than her, right? Oh, I mean, he's, he's sure. better than her, but well, not. Yes. He goes towards the doors and you see as he approaches, they swing open. And in the middle, you see it. From those of you that remember your experience in Valentine's vision, there is a device that is about three times larger than what you saw in Blutspur. It is an odd mix of crystal pillars of glass uh, receptacles uh, of energy of some sort in crackling electricity with a slab laying right in front of it. And he hovers in and immediately starts, you doesn't really touch them, but you see gears rotate and dials flip. You start to hear a loud humming and the hair starts to stand up on each of you. And he's like, we should move along quickly. We have no idea how long until she comes back. Oh, to see her face when she realizes what we're doing here. <laughs> Very well, uh, Tatiana, if you could uh, take Uriah from the floating disc, uh, put him in position. My pleasure. Let's get him out of here. And I've when put this body you gingerly try to Tatiana, wipe off some good berry. When you go to scoop him out of the coffin, Elise puts a hand on your arm and, and just says, you sure? Are all of you sure? We've it's had this conversation he... one too many times. It's a big decision. It's what he wanted. He said, we have to try. I am she... but a custodian to bring you here. It is not mine to pass any judgment one way or the other. I would not engage in such practices myself, but... Your it is his I uh, I want to grab Nahara's hand and try and get everybody to hold hands. When you start doing this, Elise very much reaches out and takes Pedalwick's hand and holds her hand out to Van Richten. I'll position myself next to Tatiana and then I'll just offer for the professor's hand. Mm-hmm. Thuron Salhonen will move in, open your eyes, shirt. He pulls a scalpel from his robes and cuts a Y-shaped incision. Wait, uh, maybe then, if we all, you know, think 
happy thoughts about our, our favorite moments with Uriah, then you'll come back as him, right? This, as you will see, is necessary. He uses a mage hand essentially as rib spreaders. And as you watch, he does this again. All of you have been around bodies, but Uriah's flesh cuts easily and his blood flows freely. And as the ribs spread from the mage hand, you see inside where his heart should be his ashes. Yes, the incantation that von Zarovich used is one of the vilest and most dark of magics. But with this donation from one of his siblings, her name was S. I think Uriah should be restored. Over may to I, Baron. May I just say a few words, please? Of course. I hope for the best in all of this. But just in case, I just wanted to say a few words about how much I will miss how much I will miss his presence in my life. I'm sorry that I could not have done anything to prevent all of this from happening in the first place. And she leans over towards Uriah and slowly wipes off the last bit of good berry juice and gives him a kiss. No. Nahara, it is um, it is a strange juxtaposition to see the face of the man you love there, calm and peaceful, and yet mere inches away, splayed open in carnage. I love you. Please don't leave me. Van Richten, the chest cavity. While this is happening, Van Richten, you realize Elise is squeezing your hand so hard, it's actually starting to hurt. Piddlewick, she's squeezing yours too, but you're a construct. There is no pain, but it's... She might actually harm you if she's not careful, Van Richten. Shake my hand a bit. <laughs> and I actually wriggle it out from hers and, and place it on her shoulder. I just, when that, when that was me, when, when the illness took me, I don't think Dr. Mordenheim said such kind words. I don't think anyone anywhere said kind words for me. You've already shown your kindness and will only be reflected back upon. I understand. She looks at you, Tatiana, and she says, I know you can do it alone, but can I help? Can I help carry him? Of course. You see, she reaches down and puts her hands under Uriah's feet, and she actually kind of looks at all of you expectantly, like she thinks you're all going to lend a hand for this. Desmond's yes. in there, no question. Desmond is, Absolutely. Valentine doesn't, Nahara Absolutely. does, does, does Finn? Of course Finn helps, but just 
point of clarification, isn't he already in the apparatus? Not yet. Okay. He's in the casket. Oh, then yeah, of course we'll help. And does Ferran actually help carry him? Yes, Batman. Van Richten, Lazy. conspicuously, you notice Valentine doesn't, but you understand her having made her point clear to you previously. As you all move him over to the slab, you see Rudolf Albrecher whirling around, switching gears and flipping knobs, and turns and looks at you all and says, There is no science without sacrifice. And you see a button goes down, and you hear <laughs> the lightning anticipates. And you see Uriah start floating off of the slab. And you see the lightning shoot forth and begin penetrating his body. And the light becomes so bright that none of you can see. And the hum becomes deafening as it builds up. And elsewhere, far away, something very unusual happens. In the depths of the shadow fell, that cold, gray, lonely place that all souls must pass through in their final rest. Somewhere on a windswept plain, Brother Uriah stands in the presence of the Raven Queen. It's not clear how much time has passed, Uriah. That is relatively meaningless. Have you been here days, weeks, centuries? There's no way to know. Lady, you have shown me much in our time together. Yes. I'm afraid, however, that this part of your journey has come to an end. I don't understand. Surely my place is with you. You are my goddess. Uriah, you begin to feel a tug on your soul. You feel yourself being drawn back. But one thing you know, that most people that do not wield the all-powerful magic of mastery over life and death do not understand. The soul must consent to resurrection. I feel... I feel a calling. Calling me back. To Is be it... honest, I did not know whether your friends would be able to help you. But I... I set a path to guide them. Then, then I could be with her again, with, with the horror, with the others. If that is what you want, then yes. I wish it most heartily, more than I've ever wished anything. But, but is it your will, my lady? There are things, Uriah, that I cannot reveal to you yet, but will be revealed at the proper time.
trust in that as you trust in me. Mistra, Raven Queen, my goddess, I trust you in all things. I am your servant. But if you will grant me this boon, my gratitude will know no bounds. It appears as though the fates would have you not be here at this time. But I will see you again. Of course. In the meantime, I would like you to have this. And you will know what it is intended to do at the correct time. Thank you. I thank you for this gift and, and for all you have done for me, my queen. My dear faithful brother Uriah, I very much look forward to seeing your true fate. And as the Raven Queen's words echo in your mind, you feel an irresistible pull and a blinding flash of light in your back, Uriah. <laughs>